Hey there, hi there, ho there, and hello there, and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour Podcast, where we discuss the joy and excitement of U of L women's athletics with you on a kind of overcast but nice fall. Yes, it is fall morning here in Louisville. Uh, events going on, and some good things have happened during the week for the, the three major sports we'll cover today. Uh, field hockey, of course. Volleyball, definitely. Uh, women's soccer was also in action. So we'll have all of that for you, and who knows what else will pop into these crazy adult brains of ours as we bring you the show. But indeed, we are here to bring you that show, and as we like to do at the start of the show, we kind of catch up with our participants today, as it'll be me, Jeff, and Case on the broadcast with you. As mentioned earlier in today's article, Daryl is out being a loud mouth out at the fairgrounds. <laughs> the Louder in Life concert. That's what they call and, them. Yeah, loud mouse. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's better than silent guesses. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, there are some pretty loud bands out there. I was looking at that uh, lineup there, and I even remembered some of the bands that were playing out there. So, how about me? Yeah, interestingly, some of the people that I've heard from that live in the area said that Bourbon and Beyond was much louder than Louder Than Life, somewhat ironically. Fewer, yeah. fewer people there to soak up the noise. Yeah, can, Actually, is that it? Okay. No, uh, it, what it probably is is, uh, you know, if we get into the physics of air, um, yeah. hot air, it's easier for the or yeah. hot dry air is easier for the sound yeah, to travel through. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't as much. Yeah. Both uh, pose pretty philosophical questions here. Bourbon and beyond. What is beyond bourbon? Unconsciousness and then sleep. <laughs> This kind of makes me wonder or staggering about some of the, and then eventually you get louder in life if you've had enough bourbon. Some of the old fashions that some of the restaurants around town <laughs> pretend are that cocktail are beyond bourbon, I think. Oh, old fashions. Oh my goodness, it's been a while. I, I, I will say I got they uh, I got a had a canned old fashioned on the flight back from the west coast. I'm sorry. What? And it it yes. wasn't Seriously? it wasn't bad. It actually wasn't that bad. I mean, it it wasn't like spectacular, but it was quite drinkable. I don't even know what a can like what. Yeah, yeah. What, they put it like, in a can. You take the you just mix. You know, you get your bourbon and your orange and whatever. And, uh, sure. And mix it up and and can it. And it was. I mean, it was. It was drinkable. You didn't drink it straight out of the can, did you? Hopefully, you had no. It. They poured okay. it into a. In the there you go. I was going to say, it's, yeah. That that's an interesting concept. I've seen yeah. that. You know, the Jim Beam does some of their stuff like bourbon, yeah. And milk and stuff yeah, that's like that's that. becoming a more common thing to take take drinks and even mixed drinks and can them. Um, and it's it, it, it not bad. I gotta say, it used to it be okay. today. You know, you'd carry your six pack of beer with you wherever you went. As I can see you toddling off now the six pack of old fashions. Hmm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be fun to see you after the six yeah. pack of old fashions too. But yeah, I mean I've I've had better old fashions to oh, be clear. I certainly, but it was not, you know, for something that's in a can that you know, you can like you said, as portable carry with you if you're out someplace at a you know, at a music festival and you know, I could see it being a, a pretty nice thing for that. So if you're in an old-fashioned mood, I guess. <laughs> or you're on a, uh, or if you're on an airliner traveling halfway across <laughs> the country, you know. I mean, it, it was decent for that. Yeah, because yeah, you can't really expect the. Yeah, you're not, you're not gonna have a full mixed drink. You know, the steward is back there at the bar yeah. mixing up an old-fashioned for you, just like Grandpa used to make right now. Right. So crack this can, pour it over ice, and hand it to him. Maybe he'll shut up. But that's going on with Daryl out there drinking old fashions is louder than no. She's probably out there having some fun though. She could. Be. I've had some really good cocktails at they've got uh well, last time I went they had like this nice speakeasy situation, mm-hmm. which was also great because it was the only air conditioned place you could go. Yeah. <laughs> there was a line to get in. Uh, oh, I can imagine. But they had uh, they had pretty good cocktails there. Like a cigar yeah. smoked old fashioned and uh-huh. something else, I think. But well, there you go. I mean, you know, it's it's a it, it's a good drink. I would talk about my old fashioned experiences, but I unfortunately I don't remember many of them <laughs> because they tend to go down so smooth. And after a uh, while, you're just kind of after la di da da da. That is a danger of the that, that is, drink. It is it is very drinkable. It will sneak right up and sit you down and yeah. say, "Shut up! I'm in control now." 
Yeah. Okay. But uh, so that's what Daryl's into, Jeff. Uh, our good friend Case is out taking photos at the football game today. Jared, not Case. I don't. I don't oh, take no. very good photos. <laughs> I, well, I, well, I mean, I take I'm, okay ones, but here I am, five minutes in, and I've already had my first faux pas. <laughs> I guess there must be a a, a faux pas, if you will. Yeah, a faux uh... pas. They're pretty common. Good one there. <laughs> Must have something to do with Roger Federer. Or That's all right. I, I got one queued up for Case here. So, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Worst case scenario. No, uh, no. Uh, no that's not right. Uh, but yeah, Jared is out there at Cardinal Stadium today taking photos of the football game that happens at noon. Although we don't cover that here, the Cards are playing South Florida at a Cardinal Stadium. Uh, what do you figure? Forty thousand on a noon game. Uh, I don't know. Does that sound about right to you, Case? Maybe. Yeah. What's the capacity? Sixty-three. I think it holds sixty-three. Yeah. Sixty-three, sixty-five. Lucky to get forty. Yeah. Okay. We'll see what it <laughs> is. Typically yeah. on a wet day. I believe if, if anyone's interested, I think they are showing that on channel seventy on on cable. Uh, so if you don't have cable, good luck trying to find it. Uh, what is they call ESPN that? The regional three. sports. No, I I think they took it off RSN. I think it's ESPN oh, three only now. ESPN three, which is just oh. the streaming. Oh, ah, did they? It says RSN still on the calendar, but I could have sworn it was ESPN three. I thought. It... Hmm, I wonder if it's. Surely it's, it's not on. carried on both because Fox Sports wouldn't give that up. TV RSN. Yeah, TV just says RSN. But it has a, it, so I bet what it is, so you, the watch link goes to ESPN. I bet what it is is it's going to be on RS, RSN, but then the, re, the replay will be available on the ESPN site. Maybe. So that could they, be a possibility too happens, on that, so. yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was I was thinking it was going to be on 70, but uh, yeah. once again, I could be wrong on that. Well, if it's on uh, RSN, then I don't have to worry about being angry at it because uh, – YouTube TV yeah, doesn't yeah. have Bally Sports, so yeah. I won't be able to watch yeah. it. Yep. So anyways, if, if you're into football, uh, as soon as our broadcast is over, you can jump over and try your luck on Channel 70. And if not, then go to ESPN3 to watch the football cards participate against the Bulls. But uh, as we like to do, we've, uh, well, it's kinda, we're catching up with the guys here a little bit. I'll, I'll kind of fill you in on what's been going on with me a little bit here as I've been going through the joy and excitement of having a bathroom redone from basically floor to ceiling. Uh, we're having a shower put in, we're getting a new vanity, new toilet, uh, yada, 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 back door where I can escape from in times of crisis. No, I'm just kidding there. No back door. But uh, so if, if we hear any noises in the background today, including Sonya coming in grumbling about not having enough tile, things of that nature, then understand it for what it is I've, I've warned everybody hey i've got my podcast here so let's try to keep it down a little bit but uh, <laughs> you know how that goes sometimes with common labor construction anyway. if you hear banging in the background just consider it a percussion track exactly <laughs> Get a backing track yeah yeah me trying that for santana on percussion yeah it works out well but that, that's got it for me, guys. Uh, anything major shaking in your all's world? I know, Jeff, you were a traveler. I did. Last weekend, went out to uh, Stanford, Palo Alto, and uh, flew into San Jose uh, to watch the cards play out there. Also, you know, I work in an IT world, computer networking, and Stanford as a school and Palo Alto as a as an area and really all of Silicon Valley has just had a an outside outsized influence on my career. Uh, and technologies that I work with. So it was a little bit of a of a pilgrimage for me to go out there. I've been in Silicon Valley before, but you know, to go specifically to Palo Alto and Stanford and see those places was was kind of nice. But um yeah, went to the match uh Saturday night against uh uh Stanford and was absolutely dumbfounded at how twenty five hundred people in Maples Pavilion could be that quiet. Uh, it was like I I wish that Louisville's crowd in L and FC Arena would be more hype and upbeat and and loud and cheering than than what they are. But man, Maples made us look like Mardi Gras. Which is saying something it because was, the, the yeah. Louisville crowd is decent. 
Yeah. Like, you, you but, want them to be better, but, I mean, they still are right. pretty good. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a good but, environment man. to have a match in. They, you know, they put the graphic up on the on the scoreboard, you know, get loud, cheer, whatever, and, every, and you know, people would cheer, right? And then that graphic would leave the scoreboard, and within a second, and I actually kind of timed this once or twice, within a second, the whole place was, you could hear a pin drop again. It was like, come on, folks, you got to cheer for your team better than this. Oh, it's bad. Did they have their pep band present like Miami did? No. No pep band? No. Did you see a tree no, well, anywhere? No, 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 no mascot there. Now, what I will, what I will give them is, uh, they were not in session for school, so students were a little scarce. So I will give them that. But I think they start school Monday. Uh, they don't start the, until two weeks after Labor Day. They don't do semesters. Three do weeks quarters. after Labor Day. They do uh, quarters. So yeah, they have a different schedule. So yeah. Well, so. Yeah, so you know, a lot of flying for to get really to go to one volleyball game match, but uh, you know, it's fun to get out there and do that. And um, I was struck from from a professional perspective, just driving through, um, riding through. I used Lyft while I was out there, riding through Silicon Valley. And normally, you see all these buildings with all these tech company game, names on it, on them, you know, various dot coms and stuff. And most of them were blank when I was out there. It was shocking to see um it kind of helped me understand why so many commercial real estate folks are just losing their crap about work from home because you know you you normally in silicon valley would have seen building after building of dot-com companies and there just were you know I, i saw maybe five and those were like microsoft intel google you know the really big ones that yeah it was it was shocking to see it's interesting indeed because yeah, yeah, one time you figured that was a such a huge part of things, but uh, yeah, I guess that the stay at home, work at home, yeah, has uh, picked up a lot of speed. Ultimately, I think it's for the better in a lot of ways, but it was interesting to see for sure out there. Yeah, yeah especially in the heart of where a lot of that comes from too. Wow, yeah. Yeah. interesting. Case has been talking about bricks this morning. A little bit, and so we'll let him kind of follow up on that uh, as he's decided to dispose of 800 bricks that he has pulled up from his yard. He just doesn't know where approximately 700 of them may end up. Yeah, uh, uh, probably 150 of them were completely buried uh, in the ground, so they were even more fun to get up. But yeah, um, getting the house painted this fall. Uh, got some masonry work that needs to get done before that. And when we were on vacation, the guy was like, well, right before we left for vacation, uh, the mason was like, yeah, I think I could start maybe next week or, or the week after. We're like, well, you need power and we won't be there. So, uh, no, you cannot come then. But uh, um, him, maybe he was going to potentially start today. looks like probably Monday. But that meant as soon as we got back from vacation, it was time to finish what we'd started in in ripping up the rest of that brick patio and uh now it's done and now i just have um a pallet and a strap of or a pallet and three or four straps of bricks to try and get rid of so <laughs> if anybody needs any i've got them but hey uh, that's right jump in the comment section of cardinal couple if you yeah. want seven you want some red brick i yeah. gotcha I make, I make no claims. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, I mean that is whole bricks only. Um, oh. So I have probably a few dozen more that are, you know, partials. Um, but yeah, I make no claims for uh, their quality or their consistency in size or material type or <laughs> any of that. <laughs> uh, but there's a bunch of them. So uh, have your he's pick. got a disclaimer. He's good to go. Then okay, if you want bricks, leave case of message at the Cardinal Couple. <laughs> website and uh we'll, we'll direct you in the right direction to get in touch with case on how to get those and uh, uh yeah bricks yeah bricks let's do bricks <laughs> yeah, let's do them we have other things if, going if on, you're on the, if, you're, and, if you're on the women's basketball team don't listen to that statement absolutely jeff <laughs> Walls would probably tell his players do yeah. not listen to the 924 broadcast of Cardinal Couple. They're talking about bricks. No, they could come no get these bricks brick so that that way they don't need any bricks during the season. They've uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't. 
don't want to see Haley Van Lith holding her head and saying, these bricks, these bricks, what am I going to do about these bricks? Weighing them down, they're just wearing them in their shorts pockets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah just on their shoulders, you know. Don't come down hard on that girl, you'll hurt yourself. Uh, basketball, right around the corner, though, folks, get excited about it. They're actually having a season ticket event uh, Tuesday, where if you're a season ticket holder, you can. And you, you may have got the info on this, Jeff, I don't know. Where you get to go down and actually look in the locker room and, and do stuff like that. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, Are you planning on making the journey, Dan? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Was that going to be the Yum Center locker room or the renovated uh, Cooper Center? No, this is down at the KFC Yum Center downtown. Yeah, you get to go through the locker room, meet the new staff and coaches that they have in there because they have a plethora of new faces down there, and also you can. Uh, talk to some of the players in a controlled question and answer session. So have fun with that. If you decide to go, I may pop in. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. We'll see what Tuesday night looks like. And I will hear enough from Jeff Walls and the basketball team throughout the season. I don't know if I need them quite yet to kind of start taking predominance in my thoughts and actions here. So let's talk about something else beside that. We're going to talk about scheduling and Twitter. And since Jared isn't here and uh, the dog ate my homework, I guess that leaves Case in charge here to do that. So uh, take us right on into it, pal. Yeah. Um, schedule's looking pretty full, as it will in the uh, mid-fall season. So today, uh, women's golf is already in action, I assume, in the Schooner Fall Classic uh, in Norman, Oklahoma, hosted by OU. Um, that goes through uh, Monday, that event. Football, as we've discussed briefly, um, taking on USF. That one is at noon. Um, your guess is as good as ours about what channel it's on. We couldn't figure <laughs> that out. It's on TV, or you can probably um, make your way down to uh, Cardinal Stadium if you left right now and still get tickets, uh, if I had to guess. Um, tomorrow, the Schooner Classic continues. Softball starts their fall ball schedule. Uh, they're taking on Bellerman in a doubleheader that starts at noon uh, at Ulmer Stadium. I believe that's uh, an open event. You could just show up if you yeah. wanted to. Walk right on in, have a seat, and watch. Yeah. Nope. Uh, women's soccer is at Virginia, the second-ranked Cavaliers. Um, that one is at 2 p.m. It'll be available on ACC Network Extra, I assume. Uh, it just has a watch link. Um, Florida, or, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, volleyball taking on Florida State. Um, that one's in Tallahassee. That is a doubleheader on ESPN Primary. Um, yeah. that's following. That's following Texas and who, Jeff? Uh, Texas Tech. Is that this ah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Um, but that one is at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Monday. Schooner Classic continues, and men's golf goes to Toledo, Ohio, for the Inverness Intercollegiate, um, which, as they do often with the golf names, they put two times and then the location, so uh, Inverness is on the schedule a bunch of times. It's kind of funny to look at if you pop over to gocarts.com and look at the calendar. That event continues through Tuesday. Uh, also on Tuesday, men's soccer hosts UNC Greensboro at uh, 7.30, that one's on ACC Network Extra in Lynn Stadium. Uh, Wednesday is an off day. Thursday, men's tennis heads to Tuscaloosa for the Alabama Invitational. Uh, and they also split um, as the ITA Men's All-American Championships start in Tulsa on that day. Both of those events continue on Friday as well. Um, for uh, field hockey on Friday begins a four-game road trip. Um, they're in Charlottesville taking on Virginia, who I believe is ranked number 10 right now. Um, that'll obviously change before that match. Well, it may not change, but that may not. The rankings will come out again before then. That one's at 3 p.m. No video listed, but should be available on ACC Network Extra. Um, volleyball, for some reason, is not showing up with their name. So I assume that this match that just says versus Clemson is volleyball on Friday at 7 p.m. Um, 
yes, I believe in, that is in yeah. the Ellen Federal Credit Union Arena, yep. and men's soccer had, hits the road to take on NC State in Raleigh at 7 p.m. as well. I was trying to think who's travel partners in volleyball with uh, Georgia Tech because that's who we play next Sunday. Gotcha. So, but yeah, it's Clemson. Yep. So that is that for the schedule. Uh, also, we talked about football or uh, talked about basketball. Uh, Louisville Live was announced earlier this week. Um, tickets went on sale on Thursday, so you should still be able to get those. Going to be at Slugger Field this season, which I thought it was pretty cool at Churchill Downs, but for some reason Churchill Downs is having one Downs After Dark event this meet, and it's tonight when there's also Louder Than Life and a UFL football game during the day. And <laughs> there's a bunch not of other enough stuff going, going on, on like, in that area. Yeah, right. Holy cow. Sure. Sure, why not? Um, but so, since there's no Downs After Dark, it'd be weird to have Louisville Live down there. So, that'll be at Slugger Field on the 21st of October. I think um, it would be neat for that event to kind of move around to some of the different big di- stadiums. You know, Slugger Field, do it uh, Lynn Family Hall. Stadium. Uh, yeah, Freedom Hall would be good. Uh, Lynn Family like Stadium, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it could be fun to see how how it works out in each of those yeah i think if they had it at land they'd have to have it on uh the turf field good luck getting permission to build a basketball court out on their real field yeah that might be a challenge there that's that's fair that could be a little yeah i don't think they're gonna i don't think they're gonna fly with that one but uh as for the twitter accounts i tweet is at best case scenario bst case scenario polly is at cardinal couple jeff is at card couple radio and at jeff mcadams Jared is at Mr. Anderson Jared. So all of those pictures and more, the ones that you see on the site, you can see all those and more ahead of time. If you follow Jared on Twitter. And Daryl is at Daryl Faust 4. So uh, as always, you can check out the right side of the Cardinal Couple website and see all the Twitter lists for all the sports and for us and for some other random accounts. And... uh... Certainly, Jared did, uh, had, had Yeoman's duty last night over at field hockey. I was unable to get to the actual live field hockey match due to my obligations here to uh, babysit the house while Sonny worked in the bathroom, guys bathroomed. So, uh, Jared actually had to do the post-game interviews as well as take the photos for the game. And uh, he got a chance to uh, get the always loquacious and somewhat ambivalent Justine Sowery, who was happy yet not happy with their win. Such is life, right? Uh, but also got freshman James, Jane Ramsey for the first time case in front of a UofL-based interview after she scored both goals in the Cards' win. We'll get to that a little bit later on in our discussion today, but uh, it was interesting for the longest time they did not give uh, Ramsey credit for the second, for the first goal, I think it was. And then uh, all of a sudden I get this text from Larry, from Lori Accordi. Ramsey had both goals. No more. Yeah, I think it might have been that second one. Like you said, we can talk about it a little bit more later. Yeah. But uh, it was a corner and she had taken the corner and then uh, Tutors had taken the shot. And uh, they ultimately credited it as a deflection tip. So that must have been where that confusion came yeah. from. And as, as Sowery said afterwards, she was way out of position for it. So I said, if you're going to be way out of position, at least you can do something productive like score a goal. <laughs> yeah. So, and she did. So there you are. But hey, we're going to start with volleyball today because they are actually number two in the nation. And last night we're down in Coral Gables, down in Miami to play the Canes down there in volleyball action. Cards going in there. They had a little trouble with the seven and four canes, but not they when still the first came set. through. And the first set was well, yeah. First set was kind of a curb stomp. Let's just go ahead and turn it on over to Jeff since he's so willing to jump in here and take it into control of it. <laughs> I'll just leave a quick score of 25 12, 26 24, and 25 23 sweep of the canes. Take it away, Jeff. Yeah, and those scores, I say, I, I think, uh, really tell you a lot about how that match went. Uh, the, the first step was first set was really just kind of a curb stomp. Honestly, Miami was kind of coming back at the end uh, to get that because it started out as like what ten to one. Uh, uh, yeah, scoring run. I mean, it was 
it was a beatdown to start with. Nine to one, and then sixteen to three. Yeah, it, it was it was just one sided early on, uh, but Miami started to get settled, got things pulled back together towards the end of that first set, started picking up a few points, got a little bit of momentum, and carried that through the rest of the match. Um, and you had, I think if you, I think if you just look at those last two sets, you look you, you would see a, some pretty competitive teams there. I think. Louisville was the better team and, and it showed, but not dominantly. Um, I, I don't think Louisville played as well as we, we know they can. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, going into another team's home court, uh, packed house, they packed that place full, um, makes for a tough environment to play in. So you may be um, leaving out a little bit of a elephant in the room. Yeah, I know. I figured that was going to be a point of discussion. So uh, Anna DeBeer did not play. Uh, that is kind of the probably the big storyline from that. She she did go down uh, in the match at Stanford. Uh, landed a little weird. Uh, knee kind of twisted and hit the ground. And uh, from, from what I have heard, it's just a deep bruise. Uh, the tests they did on it, x-rays, MRI, stuff like that were negative. So there's no real significant damage there but just going to need some time to recover and let swelling go down let let the pain go away so um how long she'll be out as a subject for debate uh started anywhere from seven days to six weeks so um who knows uh we'll see how long that is uh i'm sure she'll be chomping to get back on the floor as soon as she possibly can because that's just the way she is so um as a result of that, credit to Nana and Bunny, who came in on the offensive part of that to fill in her shoes. Uh, Aiden Bartlett came in on the defensive side of it uh, in the back row. Uh, you know, Anna DeBeer is normally a six rotation player. They both did quite well uh, in in stepping in there. So, um, in fact, Nana and Bunny, um, I'm looking at the wrong, yeah, the wrong tab. Let me get the right tab open. Uh, Eight kills, 11 attempts for a 636 percentage. That's impressive. Um, it is. Yeah. Uh, Aiden Bartlett uh, had, let's see, a couple service aces, seven digs. Actually, no, sorry, six digs. Elena had seven right below her. Uh, six digs, so second on the team uh, in digs. So, you know, she did well. Uh, both of those players stepped up when they were called on and did well, so. Uh, credit to them for that. You go back and, and what amazes me, and like we mentioned in this first set, Elena Scott goes out and serves for eight straight points. Yeah, which is pretty amazing. And then, okay, it's nine to one, that's good. But then Ico Jones comes in and serves seven straight points. Yeah, and all of a sudden it's seventeen to three here. That's pretty impressive on the serving block. And not only that but backing up that serve with, you know, obviously making the plays to get that ball back in the server's yeah. hands. And, and I'll shout out that, that we only had six service aces in the whole match. It wasn't like we were acing Miami, but the serves were aggressive and they put Miami out of system uh, and put them kind of on the back foot uh, so that they don't get a good return shot and don't get a good transition back into offense. So, uh, you know, Everybody always looking at service aces versus service errors and just taking that ratio. It just doesn't tell the full story there. So, and I think this is a perfect example of it. We had some really, really good serving, particularly early in that, uh, in particular in that first set. And uh, it, it doesn't show up, I think, in service aces versus service errors. Because we actually, with six aces, we had 10 errors in the match. So, so from the service line. So, yeah, I remember there was a point of contention too. And the, Later on, where the cards uh, did have a, a little more than you'd like to see as far as service errors go, but uh, in case this was not a bad crowd down at, at, at Coral Gables, I think they said there were about a thousand in attendance. It looked like at least the side we could see via the broadcast was filled up, and they had their pep band there. Which uh, are you listening, U of L? That would be a good idea. Let's start doing that. Maybe <laughs> they're there on some, some, they'll be here, they'll be there yeah. someday. They had a whole section though. Yeah. I mean, their their pep band looked like our marching band. Well, one like Westerns can do, though. They took up like three. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, it's it's just always I think adds to the, the excitement and the aura of it. 
when when you're going into a place where you got to not only play against their rowdy fans, but against their loud pep band. So let's see if we can get that thing rolling up a little bit. But uh, hey, Case, you know this first set looked like gangbusters, and all of a sudden Miami said, "You know what? Uh, we're not quite ready to go home yet." Yeah, and we've seen this situation over the last few years with U of L uh, regarding the crowd of you know teams when Louisville's coming to town, they're like, okay, this is our big match. This is the one we're going for. If we could win this, that would be huge for us. Um, and so you get a, a really big crowd, and you get the pep band, you get um, the whole kit and caboodle to, to try and give them whatever advantage that they can as the home team. Um, and talk about if you can grab that number one ranking, you get that target on your back. But UofL's been... Uh, the team to beat in the ACC for a few years now, and so they already have that target on their back once you get to conference play. Um, Miami tried it. Like Jeff said, they really kind of bounced back a little bit in the end of the first set uh, after Louisville had a a really big opening, and they they were on a 5-2 run, uh, Louisville trying to close out the last set Miami was, and they really bounced back uh, in the second and, and kept it close early uh including um taking a decent lead late they went up uh, 16 to 12 before Louisville was able to ultimately recover that and um having to go to extra points to one extra point to win that second set and you kind of thought that after Louisville you know weathers that storm no pun intended in the second and you go to halftime that the third would look a lot more like the first where Louisville was the better team I mean, Miami is seven and five, seven and four, but they were one and four in their last five matches, so uh, not ideal. But you would think that Louisville would come out in the third and just kind of run away with it, and that's not what happened. So, um, credit to them for yeah. hanging on. <laughs> that second set tied at twenty-four, as you mentioned, and then Amaya Tillman got a kill, give the mm-hmm. cards back at set point here. 25-24, and then as Jeff mentioned, Mabonu stepped in and really had some very, very good sets in there filling in for DeBeer. She got the set point from the left side for the 26-24 win. Uh, Jeff, for those of who may have been worried about DeBeer's absence, certainly PK came in and did a good job, and Mabonu did a good job as well to kind of uh, help, you know, fill that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and PK came in later in the match, I think second and third sets and played. Uh, she's in the middle, uh, so it's a different position. She actually came in in place of Kara Cressy, but yes, uh, by coming in there and having that offensive presence, um, I think when you compare PK and you, with Kara Cressy, you, you're comparing essentially offense versus defense there. PK is a much more offensively minded attacking player, or Kara is, is a great blocker. Um, you know, six six helps, right? Which is, which is uh, ironic because Kara had no blocks yesterday and PK right. had three assists. Well, Kara, PK came in fairly early for Kara, so she didn't get a huge amount of time. Kara didn't get a huge amount of time to play. So, but um, that's that tends to be how they they their playing styles are. So by having PK in there, you move a little bit more of that offense into the middle, take the pressure off of Nena on the pen, and although. And then I handled the pressure quite well, as we mentioned. So, um, yeah, it's somewhat a a player like Jabir, you don't necessarily directly replace. You kind of replace him by committee. And a little bit of that last last night is what we saw. As the cards went into the third set with a 2-0 lead and once again was in another Donnybrook against Miami Hurricanes. They did uh, actually near the end, have a 23-20 lead, and then proceeded to see that disappear as Miami tied it up at 23-23. The Canes still unwilling to go home, but uh, Claire Chasse stepped up, uh, took the cards to match point, and then 24-23, and then a hitting error by Miami gave the cards that 25-23 win and the match. So, uh, a uh, nice little test on the road for Louisville, Jeff. What do we think about Florida State coming up? Yeah, I think overall Florida State's the better team. Uh, but I think... Uh, Over Miami, I think you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> yes. 
Florida State is a better team compared to Miami, yes. Uh, I, I think uh, Louisville may be a little better prepared for Florida State, and there may have been a little bit of looking past Miami here. Um, you know, Louisville also tends to play to the level of their opponents a little bit, which is, you know, natural in, uh, in, in sports just in general, but we've seen it definitely happen uh, with this Louisville team. So hopefully a little more up, a little bit more focused in, uh, a little bit more controlled sort of play than what we saw from from some last night. Um, got just a little bit of out of system, a lot of you know, a lot of stuff going on like that last night. So I think want to control it and get get in get into a better groove. Yeah. To that point, I was just gonna say it seems like in volleyball it's a lot easier to play down to your opponent, especially when you get yeah. a team like Miami that's just all over the shop. And right. it's oh, hard yeah. to be in system if the other team is has no system. If they're just yeah. kind of like hitting it all over the place and you're trying to play. I mean, the number of assists that, you know, Aiden Bartlett and Elena Scott ended up having pretty yeah. significant. Um, just because not even that uh, Miami was effectively targeting a lot the road, just that, you know, the, the ball just ended up in places that we didn't really place. expect it to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and she's so mobile that she gets to a lot of things that maybe other setters wouldn't typically. Um, so I think that takes us into that. I, don't, I almost don't want to call it out of system because when you have Lothrow digging and uh, Scott setting, yeah, all right. I'm okay with a that. A former setter, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, we, we don't really lose a whole lot of playing in system in that situation. So I'm not too worried about that. Uh, and, and Aiden Bartlett is, is fine in that as well. Uh, so in that position as well. So, um, yeah, I don't mind that too much, but yeah, it's, you know, when the other team is a little going all over the place and obviously you've got to react to that, you know, that's the big part of the defense is the defense all in pretty much any sport has to react to what the offense does. So, um, you know, when the offense is going crazy, it makes the reaction a little crazy as well. So. Since we were last on air with you, of course, the cards back on Wednesday the 14th went to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Got a thrilling five-set win up there against the Cats. And then uh, last Saturday out at Stanford, Louisville mm-hmm. Volleyball knocked off the Stanford Cardinal. Three sets to one. Uh, Jeff was out there to, to see that one a little bit then. uh you were kind of commenting earlier, Jeff, about the arena. Uh, with the what figured over two thousand in there was not as loud as you thought. Maybe it was, it was yeah, good. almost twenty five hundred people there. And Maples, to be fair, seats almost seventy five hundred, so it wasn't full, which makes it a little hard. But man, they were just just flat as a crowd. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen a volleyball crowd with that little enthusiasm for their team. Um, again, a little bit, of, I'll, I'll extend a little bit of charity to them that their students were there, weren't there because classes weren't in session, but yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. Um, I do want to step back to Kentucky a little bit and let's, let's call this out. Uh, that was a big deal, that match, not just because it was a thrilling five set match against a big rivalry. That's obviously always the case in matches against Kentucky, but because it was on ESPN, um, let's talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. That was only the fourth regular season volleyball match on ESPN in 25 years when that was aired. Right? That's crazy that that volleyball has had that little exposure. Um, And I think a lot of people in the volleyball world looked at that when they announced that as an ESPN, when they lifted it up to ESPN, the flagship channel. A lot of people in the volleyball world looked at that and said, oh, this is a bit of an opportunity for volleyball as a whole. This is probably a bit of a trial balloon by ESPN um, to see how what sort of viewership numbers they can get for volleyball uh, on the flagship channel. And they got over 300,000 people watching it, which is pretty darn good for a Wednesday night, right? Um, and since that match, we've had another four or six, I think, matches announced as being uh, uplifted to ESPN flagship channel. So that includes in the value. Yeah. So that includes our match tomorrow against Florida state, right? It includes our match next Sunday against Georgia tech. Right. And those were the first two additional ones announced. So it was like, okay, we now have 
three matches in one season all on ESPN and all of them involve Louisville. So it's, it's announced some others, but, uh, and they've made, and both of those sessions are double headers. Uh, there's a, uh, Iowa has a match, I think against Purdue, I think coming up, that's going to be there as well. So, I mean, they're doing a several of them. Um, I think there's also an interesting dynamic at play here because ESPN does not have NFL, right? NFL is over on Fox predominantly and CBS and CBS. Yeah. But Fox and CBS, but not, not ESPN. Right. ESPN has always struggled to find programming to put up against NFL, right? They're always looking for how, how they can get you drawn to it. And so I see this as, okay, well, let's try volleyball. Let's see how it does. And this is not a case of where ESPN is expecting volleyball to outdraw NFL, right? Cause that's not going to happen. What they're trying to see is, is volleyball going to outdraw a crowd than the other stuff that we've been putting yeah. on Sunday afternoon, a random, opposite a random Sunday afternoon baseball game or right, yeah. or an MLS game or something like that. Yeah, I, I laugh a little bit about this. Is this I don't I don't have to outrun the bear, I just have to outrun you. That's yeah. kind of the situation here, yeah. right? Volleyball doesn't have to outdraw the NFL. It just if it's outdrawing the other stuff that ESPN's been playing on Sunday, I think it'll be seen as a success. Or, so let's see. Or outdrawing the other counter programming. Right. I mean, there's right. other sports channels that are trying to counter program the NFL sure. that they aren't watching. And if ESP right. ESPN wants to get the lion's share of people that don't watch NFL, so they're, right. they're trying to do that. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, like that that match, the first one or fourth one in 25 years regular season, on a Wednesday night, it's Louisville and Kentucky, right? Yeah. Like it's not Nebraska, it's not Stanford, yeah. it's not Texas, it's not one of those teams that Penn, like, Penn State, Penn State, yeah. yeah, one of those volleyball <laughs> teams. It's Louisville yeah. and Kentucky because their last four matches have gone five sets. <laughs> gone five sets. Like this. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, it's tailor made for a Wednesday night. Nothing else is on. You're at the tail end of baseball season, but not in the last week, not in the postseason. Uh, people wanted to tune in, and a lot of people did. And they were yeah. treated to a really good match that was very competitive. Uh, for some yeah. reason, UofL or UK students are allowed on the painted floor, whatever. It's, it's <laughs> terrifying. Like it's not painted, but yeah. 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 I mean, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's actually a, a uh, kind of plastic crap there. Yeah. I consider the, the paint to be the playing surface, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the colored yeah. part, and they're on it. Yeah. And it's like, sure, whatever. That makes yeah. sense. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it was that it was that situation on ESPN, not just, you know, not just a big, oh, number one and two. You know, Big Twelve teams right. like you know it's a, a in-state rivalry of two the former I mean the the um, two years ago national champion or are they defending huh? two years ago yeah two yeah, years two ago, years ago yeah, national yeah, champion yeah. and then Louisville who's you know final making, four last year yeah making a lot of noise yeah. recently so the Louisville and Kentucky both really bringing up the sport in this region and yeah. helping to promote it entirely nationally. Yeah, I think I think there is also a, a challenge that volleyball brings to being televised, though. And this is something that's always been the case the for time. volleyball. How long is a volleyball match going to go? Right, you can have a volleyball match that's over in an hour and twenty minutes, and they're scheduling two-hour blocks for these. Right, that's over in an hour and twenty minutes. Okay, you got forty minutes to fill. That's a lot of filler. They can do it. Right, they can put some random football talking heads on there and fill that time. That's no big. But on the flip side of that, I've been in a volleyball match that went three and a half hours. Right. So let's take a hypothetical next week of us hosting Georgia Tech at LNFCU, right? Georgia Tech's a very good team. Louisville's a very good team. It's very possible this will go five sets, right? We, we swept them last last year, but we also had one of those sets go to 36-34. So, you know, it's very possible this could go to five sets, and it could be a long five sets. You know, if you see Louisville go three and a half hours, that's going to overrun this Texas match that's going to be after us. Yeah, the second match never airs. Right. It's it's potentially completely overruns it, so it never gets on at all if they do a real quick three set. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting challenge, and I and I think a lot of people talk about, oh, volleyball is popular, it should be on TV more, but a lot of people don't recognize that that's a little bit of a challenge for them scheduling. Hey, with the time variable, for sure. Yeah, You never yeah. really know positively, but just to, yeah. to kind of wrap up on volleyball here a mm-hmm. little bit, Jared and I were also up there taking photos at the UK, and I was sitting at the media row, the uh, proud to say only media representative from Louisville up there for that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And the UK crowd was very, very loud, very electric, 
very, very boisterous. They were following the cheerleaders' instructions. They were listening to what they was were going all doing on. that stupid dance, including the team. They were doing the dance. <laughs> Nobody could figure out what it was, or there was a version of the Macarena. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I, I even asked the director of the uh, AC <laughs> AVCA sitting yeah. next to me. So they're like, what, "What's this dance? Have you seen this?" He goes, "I have no idea." <laughs> and uh, but it was it was entertaining. And they had fun with it. But the good thing is, unlike UK crowds we have run into before, this crowd was pretty nice to us after the game. Yeah. Oh, I actually had a couple people come up and shake my hand and say, you all have a heck of a team here. Congratulations. And yeah. I, I said, I really can't take credit for them. This is my first volleyball match of the year, and I had to go out of town to watch it. <laughs> but, you know, I had fun with it, and it was certainly good. And plus, they fed us, which is always great. Yeah. Uh, they do nice post-game interviews at UK where – they uh, bring in their, uh, obviously, team and a couple of players off their team and their head coach, Skinner. Skinner, Craig Skinner. Talked mm-hmm. to you a little bit. And Skinner was very complimentary and very nice. You could tell he was pretty hurt by that loss, but yeah. he carried himself through it, too. And then uh, in a rare sighting, we saw the elusive Danny Busboom Kelly go to the podium afterward with two players and, and talked to, through it. You know, a little bit of a post game there, crediting her team, and then letting basically you know, Claire Chelsea and, and Anna DeBeer cover most of it. But it's nice to see. I'd like to see that happen at more volleyball matches where maybe they do that, and it might maybe get me back out there for a few more volleyball matches and, and a draw because uh, you know you get to take care of your media if you really want some good responses on things. Let's shout out also, Paul, your efforts with Cardinal Couple over the years. Uh, you were sitting next to, you said you were sitting next to the AVCA executive director, I think you said? Yes, indeed. Yes. Yeah. And you mentioned Cardinal Couple, and she was aware of Cardinal Couple. She knew she of was it. Indeed. Yes. Uh, so definitely credit to you, Paul, for your efforts in that and making making it a thing that's seen outside of just, just Louisville. So. Yes. And, and very nice to her, 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 her the last name was DeVore. D E B O. ER, and I said, hey, you know, De Beer, De Boer, this is pretty cool here, right? <laughs> she said, you're a cardinal couple. I said, yes, I'm part of it. She goes, you know, I'm, I, I pictured a much younger and handsomer man running this. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, that's that's obviously Jared. He's out on the floor. Okay. <laughs> He's taking photos. No, but, uh, nice talking with her, nice getting some insights on things. And then also, she had a little bit of criticism for Sometimes what the camera crews were playing back because they're, they're showing this and that, but they're not showing what really happened here. The dig yeah. or the set that actually got this whole thing started for the fantastic play you saw at the end. And she said, I'm going to have to have a talk with some of these camera crews. And yeah. she was talking primarily about UKs and ESPNs, but so, mm-hmm. but uh, wins for the cards. They keep winning. Let's hope that they can do the same tomorrow. And, uh, We've spent quite a bit of time on volleyball here, so let's kind of jump over it a little bit, if you will, gentlemen, and let's talk a little bit about field hockey, who had the Battle of the Border yesterday at a Traeger. IU came in, and the cards getting two goals from a freshman. Knock off the Hoosiers 2 to nothing to continue to hang on to their number four ranking uh, case had the write up on this one, and uh, it was a case of where the cards, you know, did that old bugaboo that we've knocked back and forth case penalty corners. Penalty corners paid off in this one. Well, they, they paid off um, in one situation. Uh, they went, you know, one of eight. Um, but I wrote about it a little bit in the article today. One of eight is not great. You would like to convert on more than that. But of those eight, only one did not result in any shot, and only one of the shots was off frame. So um, you had a couple that resulted in multiple shots. Uh, those rebounds can turn into things. Um, uh, so putting six shots on frame on your corner attempt, out of eight corner attempts, that's pretty good um, because you, some of those are going to rebound, which is a bit of luck sometimes about whether you're in the right spot or not. Um, and you want to try and score those, like we talked about, um, Ramsey a little bit out of position on a corner that she took and then ended up getting a deflected goal. Uh, 
not really sure how you end up there, but she did, and so that works out for for Louisville. Um, but those other shots, uh, or those other corners, you know, where they get deflected off off the pad, or the defender's stick just barely gets in the way. When you put things in the circle and you put them on frame, then good things happen. Um, ultimately, like we said, Louisville only got one goal out of that, but you know they could get more in the future. And on the flip side, uh, Indiana's only real uh, big effort was a series of five corners in a row that Louisville yeah. just said no, thank you, uh, <laughs> and and were able like, to keep them out and keep them over six. So yeah, um, it was like Groundhog Day. Yeah, well, and when you look at the box score, it's kind of obvious why that's happening, right? Because it's like Indiana Indiana penalty corner shot blocked, and you're like, oh, well, that was off their leg, so they're going to get a penalty corner for it. And, you know, it's a bunch in a row, and, and that's the way that works out. But, you know, if the shot's not off the leg, maybe it goes in the back of the cage. If it's not right. something else, you know, it, it, it you'd rather it get blocked and give up another penalty corner than it go in. So, um, you know, the defense held up. Louisville's offense has been, of late, much more varied, you know, in the way that we hoped. Uh, they've scored 20 goals. They've got eight different players have scored. Five different players now have scored multiple goals, um, with Ramsey becoming the eighth and fifth in those categories, respectively. Um, you know, the offense is kind of coming alive, and, and the defense is holding up. Sasha Elliott has the highest save percentage in the ACC, and, and they've got three shutouts, and they're outscoring opponents 20-8. to eight. So... It's hard to find things to complain about uh, other than the penalty corner conversion rate. Sasha, of course, coming in as a graduate student from VCU to take over goalkeep for the cards. And it was a kind of a point of, of, of quandary we had before the season started. Actually, just maybe about a month until the actual season started. The cards don't have any goalkeepers listed here, gang. This isn't good. Is, is Justin Sauer going to try and revamp the entire world of field hockey and play without a goalkeeper? No, I don't think so. But uh, she didn't finally get the good one in, and Sasha Elliott, who has stepped in, Jeff, and I think just been a, a godsend for the cards back there, keeping up in Justine Sauer's fine tradition of bringing in goalkeepers. I remember the name Aisha McFerrin, yeah. who do very, very good things for the cards back in goal service, but uh, Sasha's really stepped in and and uh, uh, from the Netherlands also, and, and certainly done a ju- uh, done just an incredible job for the war back in goal service. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and Justine Sowery bringing in good goalkeepers is is you know pretty on brand given her background as oldest goalkeeper, time. right? Yeah. yeah. So and and also bringing in uh, goalkeepers from Europe and and other you know international students you know we get a number of players from australia we get a number of players from europe and netherlands there's obviously places where field hockey is a popular sport um and of course salary is originally australian herself so you know some of that comes in there as well but yeah uh absolutely credit to sasha Elliott coming in um you know only eight goals against um is is pretty decent in nine games right so less than one a game in field hockey, that's a pretty decent number. So, um, eighty-five percent save percentage. You know, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, she's doing a great job. She came in and, like you said, on short notice, felt like very last minute. We don't know how much how much was in works behind that, but yeah, absolutely a, a phenomenal uh, job by a player coming in, seemingly out of nowhere, and and fill, filling a really big hole for us. It'll be interesting indeed, too, when the cards actually travel to VCU on October the 2nd to take on VCU. Sasha, kind of a, a homecoming, which she may not get the best of greetings, you know, <laughs> playing for Louisville now, but certainly back to a place where she had four very good years of, of action for the Rams back then. Uh, but just quickly, we'll talk a little bit about Jane Ramsey, too, a freshman who... Uh, it was so precious in the post-game interview with Jared. She did. She goes, you know, we were having to talk amongst the freshmen, you know, who would be the first of us to score. And then I did. And so I was so pleased. And then imagine my excitement when I scored the second time. So she has a commanding 2 to nothing lead yeah. over all the freshmen on campus. And let's just hope there's more of that there. because And she's very delightful. We, as a rule, 
usually like to interview freshmen in post-game situations because they haven't been there before. They're a little nervous. They're a little bit, you know, not quite ready. She handled herself like a professional, and so yeah. we're very, very proud of her and, and see good things for her in the future, guys. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, two goals to, to open up your freshman campaign like that in one, one game is, is – uh, that's, that's a good start, you know. Took took a few games into the season to get it to happen, but it's a great good start for. Her. Indeed, it was for her. So, uh, the cards uh, with the nice win there, uh, they'll go on a road trip. That they actually will get underway next Friday, as they will go to Chancellorsville or to Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm sorry to take on the Wahoo Virginia Cavaliers, and then they'll travel over to VCU for a Sunday match against VCU. So. Uh, that coming up next weekend for field hockey. We've got just a little bit of time to go here, so let's go ahead and talk women's soccer just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that we, if we if we ran volleyball so long, we could just. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to be you know kind of brief and turn it over to you on this one because uh, the cards played on the 22nd, which was a Thursday night game where they were at. Florida State, uh, they scored a goal against the Seminoles. They did. They did score a goal. Look, FSU is really good. <laughs> I, yeah, they're the yeah. seventh ranked team in the country. They haven't lost yet this season, 6 0 2. And they roundly thumped the cards. Um, they got off to a great start, uh, earned a penalty kick in the first 90 seconds. That's usually what you want to do. Um, you know, they, they score a goal there, and uh, just 10 minutes later, pick up another one to, to double the advantage and uh, you're on the road you're ranked or you're playing against a top 10 team uh, Louisville could have bowed out um, they hung with it they earned uh, their own penalty later in the later in the first half and Maisie Witts had converted it uh, which could see her back on the field and back to scoring um, and then the second half happened um, and Louisville participated in it starting around the 60th minute. Uh, they did not allow any more goals after that. Um, but, yeah, it's tough. Um, of the players that scored for um, FSU, all of them were scoring at least their third goal of the season. Um, Jen and I swung her with her third and fourth. Um, Onyi, Onyi Echigini, maybe? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. How hey, Onyi Echigini to you as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> scored her sixth um, and was assisted by Nyswanger. So, uh, yeah, um, it's tough. I, 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 FSU had 17 shots. They only put nine of them on frame, but then converted nine of those, or five of those nine into goals. So uh, a, a tough, tough match for Louisville offensively. Um, I didn't get to watch this one, so I don't, I can't, I don't have much to say about the formation or the performance. Um only have, you know, the stats to go off of. But FSU with nine, with 17 shots, Louisville with just four. All four of their shots were on frame, which is nice. Um, but FSU had five corners. FSU got called for offsides four times. Louisville had one corner and was not called for offsides. So very clear, uh, very evident from that, that FSU really controlled the ball for the majority of the game. Um, and when you control the ball for the majority of the game and you have a really strong offense, you're going to score a lot of goals. Um that's what Florida State did, and you know, Louisville just has to turn around and come home and figure out what's going on offensively. Um, we're unable to score uh, against IU. Um, they pick up one goal here, but it's on a penalty kick. Uh, they really need to get back into the swing of things um, from open play and from other set pieces and figure out a way to score more goals, or uh, you're not going to get very far. And in the if you thought that sequence was tough, wait till you see what's next scenario. The cards will go to action on Sunday at Virginia, Virginia number two in the nation. That's a, a 2 p.m. pass back for that one. Uh, a little we'll going in there with a 4-2-2 two two record. They're 1-1 one one in conference. But, uh, boy, suddenly such a, a tough stretch here with that you got FSU, and then right a couple of days later, you got to go to Virginia and play them down there. Uh, you know, I'm sure what will be a rowdy atmosphere. The mere fact that Virginia is ranked higher 
in Florida State. To me, it's kind of confusing because I've always thought that Florida State is a supreme power program. That, but uh, at number two in the nation, I'm guessing they're pretty good. Case, what say you? Well, in Louisville, well, they're eight one and one. Their only loss came against um, Notre Dame on the road. Notre Dame's ranked 18th. It was in their last game, so uh, bully for Louisville. They get to play a team like that that's uh, angry about it. They did lose to Illinois to start their uh, exhibition season, um, which is interesting. Uh, But then they drew Michigan, uh, who's ranked number nine. They've beaten number 11 Georgetown on the road. They've beaten Memphis, uh, who's ranked 23rd. They beat them five to nothing. Um, Draw against VCU. So that one's just a little in-state rivalry. Former number two, uh, when Virginia was ranked seventh, uh, they beat North Carolina on the road, three to two. So Louisville's definitely going to have their hands full and have not performed super well against Virginia in the past. So I don't have it's not it's not a great position to be in. Um, I'm hoping that you know Karen Ferguson days doesn't look at how many goals. Virginia likes to score and decide to go with uh, just a really <laughs> cluttered up back line because we've seen that not work. I mean, if that's what happened against Florida State, you just got five hung on you when you tried to play aggressive defense yeah. uh, and it didn't work. So, um, hopefully, and the they FSU can... announcers were amazed that Louisville had nine back at times. And it's like, hey, guess what? You know, if you're going to try and score on us every time you got the ball here, maybe nine back isn't such a bad idea. Well, maybe it is if they're still going to score. They're still scoring. We've got nine back. What else can uh, yeah, we do? If you're losing, if you are not playing in the midfield at all, then, yeah, you're just going to give them the ball. They're going to have a ton of opportunities. So I think Louisville just needs to have some trust in their midfield. Uh, and if you get burned a couple times, you get burned a couple times. But if you're not able to have offensive opportunities, then you're not going to score. So um, Louisville might get blown out <laughs> against Virginia as well, but hopefully not. Um, Virginia has just put up some weird clunkers at times. So we'll just have to see. But like you said, it doesn't get any easier. I mean, they're still on the road at Pitt after that. They come home and host Clemson, Boston College, and Notre Dame, which would be a decent run if they can um, – make something happen in those three games because then they end their season at NC State, at Duke, senior day, they get home against North Carolina. We certainly hope the best, but we certainly understand that there are pitfalls and possible losses ahead. That's the way it goes. But the, speaking of jumping into the fire, let's go ahead and jump into final thoughts here. As we get, wind up another broadcast, uh, I'll go ahead and start it out. I just wanted to give – a little bit of a shout out to women's golf there as case mentioned at the start of the show be participating in the schooner fall classic and has uh, got a new player on the team that came from center college in riley sutter who is an actual was an absolute beast in d2 d3 golf in her uh, career at center and stuff and now she's up here on the d1 level getting a chance to show what she can do with uh, the prime programs that uh, she's a great golfer from what I understand and maybe will help this Louisville women's golf team uh, get some nice wins as they go on through the various classics and and tournaments that they take part in so uh, go rally go hit the ball straight putt well uh, Jeff what you got uh, yeah I said earlier that I had uh, had one for case so, uh, a minor minor correction Uh to, to be technically correct, which we all know is the best kind of it's correct. It's the best kind of correct, yeah. That's right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, technically, Syracuse is leading the ACC in volleyball right now. So. But why? Yeah. Because they have played <laughs> two matches uh, to everybody else's one. Oh, see, when I put that, yeah. I didn't even look at the schedule, yeah. so I didn't really. Yeah. <laughs> so, so most of the conference has, has played one volleyball match. Syracuse played Boston College on Wednesday. And then they played Duke last night. So they've got two matches in. So technically they lead, but everybody else has a game in hand compared to them. So, you know. It's also really funny that to only have one school that has played two. But I guess when you have an uneven number of schools like the ACC does with 15, that's going to happen sometimes. Uh, Boston College may have played two as well. No, they're Uh, 0-1. They're 0-1? Okay, so then, yeah. All right. Somebody's gonna play play somebody has to be off sequence if there's if there's yeah. fifteen schools, right? So Yeah, true. 
True. Hey, you know what? They'll fail too. Look, here's I the thing: my... Louisville is first in the ACC among teams that count. Looking yeah, Syracuse will not stay in look, number one. We'll say you, that. Pitt, Georgia Tech, and Florida State all below yeah. Louisville in the standings. Yeah, Syracuse will not remain in the in the number one spot. That's not going to happen. So. I certainly hope that the the cars can continue their winning ways, though. That's what we're interested yeah. in, mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens. Well, there. Waiting for Texas to lose, mostly. <laughs> And then see what happens with the Longhorns. That's yeah. for sure. You just never know. Case, what do you got for final thoughts? Just uh, refreshed from vacation. Happy to be back. Happy to you know, be back on the show and um, enjoying some UofL athletics. I did watch the UofL-UK match uh, while I was on vacation. Uh, Lindsay was very disappointed when it went to five sets because she just wanted to <laughs> turn it off. To but, yeah. Yeah. I was very disappointed when it went to five sets because you never want to go to five sets when you have a lead and right. with the road team. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I didn't like the momentum there, but they, they took care of it. But yep, refreshed, recharged, uh, not sunburned. So that was a big yeah. plus. Nice. Um, and you know, excited for, for the remainder of the fall seasons and beyond. There you go. Between that and bricks, you got your work cut out for you. (laughs) All right. Well, we appreciate everybody listening today to the Cardinal Couple Radio podcast. And uh, we'll be back with you next week at the same time, unless you know something we don't. Until then, everybody have a great weekend and go cards. Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Mm-hmm.